hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. Hi, everyone. How's it going? So, this episode is going to be a solo episode for this week. And so, before we dive into today's topic, I thought I'd just kind of have a little introduction. Let's play a little catch up and talk about some things that have gone on recently. So I know when we last talked, I told you guys that I finally got an offer to a job and I got my numbers recently. And let me tell you, I am pretty pissed. The offer was certainly not what I thought it was going to be, and I feel really lowballed. And I've already tried to negotiate, and they won't budge on anything. And they said that I got the maximum offer possible, and it was very discouraging to hear. And I even started shedding some tears. And what's crazy is that I have not cried in a really long time. If there's something that's interesting from taking Lexapro is that I rarely cry. And I will say, I think the reason I did cry is because I hadn't taken my medication. And that's probably why I was able to cry because there was no edge taken off of my anxiety. And yeah, so that was really frustrating. And so I basically have until the end of the week to make a decision. And I really, really want to decline the offer so badly but I don't have any competing offers right now and I am unemployed and I obviously know that I cannot rely on unemployment and my part-time job as my only sources of income along with YouTube but again that's still not enough for me to like pay my bills and stuff and so I think I may be forced to accept a really shitty lowballed offer, which is lower than what I was making at my old company. It's really discouraging, especially when I gave them my numbers. But I think what I'm going to do is accept it, push my start date back one by one week, and then keep looking and applying. And hopefully I can get more interviews and maybe get an offer a lot quicker and let them know that I have an offer in hand. And then before I start, I can rescind my offer and then start at another place. I know that's very shady and pulling a fast one, but I deserve to get paid what I'm worth. And it's really frustrating that I was given an offer with absolutely no room for flexibility. And the fact that they won't budge on anything is just absurd and I think it's bad recruiting practice to give a candidate the absolute maximum offer with no flexibility whatsoever. That is truly poor recruiting practice and that's coming from another recruiter. So yeah, definitely very, very frustrating for sure. I'll accept it, I mean, because it's a good company and it, it, it's a very good company and it will look amazing on my resume, but at the same time, like, I don't really give a shit about looking good. I care more about feeling good. And again, it's a really shitty situation to be in. I'm just feeling like I'm at a crossroads right now. I even did a tarot reading this morning asking, is this something that I should accept but keep looking? And the tarot card said yes. And it's like, 
if people are telling me I should be doing this and that the tarot cards are telling me that I should be doing this, maybe this is what I should be doing. But I still don't know if I'm making the right decision. So I have a big decision to make. So you guys will definitely be informed about it next week at least. It just really sucks to be in this kind of predicament, especially when you're unemployed and you know you need the money. And there's nothing shittier than feeling like you're forced to settle for something because of your circumstance. It is an absolutely awful, awful feeling to endure. And I truly don't wish it on anyone. It sucks because recruiters used to be so popular and now a lot of hiring has started to slow down, of course, when I needed to look for a job, right? And there are so many hiring freezes going on and there are a lot of layoffs happening again. Like the tech market is just not doing very good at the moment. And I definitely worry about my financial security since I am in tech and my job is focused in tech. And this is why like I hate working for another corporation because you can lose your job at any given moment. And it's terrifying and I'm tired of always wondering when my finances are going to be at stake and when I will have to go back to unemployment or when will I not be on unemployment. It's just this back and forth and in between and it's a scary feeling overall that I just absolutely can't stand. So that's kind of what's going on with me and my job search right now. So by next week you will know if I'm unemployed or not. So yeah, so that's that. And then speaking of the tech industry failing, oh, do I have some tea for you about my last company. Now, as y'all know, I was unfairly terminated back in March and I was not terminated by our CEO. I never really even interacted with my company's CEO, but basically my ex-company worked in the mental health field and they have gotten a lot of bad press recently and two really big things have happened that are certainly not making the company look very good right now. So the company is not allowing to prescribe controlled substances anymore and that goes in effect for existing clients in October. I see layoffs happening at this company or I see the company potentially really slowing down or potentially becoming in danger because they're going to lose a ton of revenue because a bulk of their clients go for those services due to them needing controlled substances for their medications. Like a lot of ADHD patients rely on controlled substances to function. And so the three options that were given were they either taper off their meds, they find a new med, or they have to find another service outside of that company. And it's probably like no giveaway what my company is after giving all that information. But please do not try to dox me in the review section. I had somebody do that who gave me a really bad review when I made my opinions about ABA therapy and someone felt the need to dox my company and information about me in the reviews. And thankfully, Apple pulled that review off after I requested like, hey, I'm being doxed here. And I never once gave them information about like the name of my company. So please do not talk about any personal information. Even if you can find it on my LinkedIn profile, do not do that on the review section. 
if you're reviewing my podcast because I will pull it down. It's just absolutely unacceptable. So with that being said, if you know where I work, keep that to yourself, please and thank you. So that was one thing. And also they just fired their CEO last week. And I never really had a relationship with the CEO. Like I rarely talked to him, but I think they made the right decision firing him and they've replaced him. But again, I still don't see this company having a bright future ahead. You know, if you were to ask me back in maybe January how things were going with this company, I would have truly felt confident that this company was going to do really well and make it to an IPO. Now, I'm not so sure. They also lost their CFO recently and people are resigning left and right. I truly see this company falling apart in the summer or fall. And I'm going to be petty and secretly laughing and just being like, that's what you get for being this shady company and unfairly terminating employees. And also one of our ex-VPs sued the company for wrongful termination. Now their termination was illegal. Mine sadly wasn't. So that's why I say unfairly instead of wrongfully. Because wrongfully is typically associated with like something being unlawful. So that's some tea. So yeah, lots of bad press going on there. And I just have no positive hopes for my ex-company. And I've never wanted a company to feel so badly. That's horrible to wish a failure on a company. But after being done so dirty by this company, being underpaid, and having the people who work there be very shady, honestly... I wish you well. Not on the people, but just on the company. I mean, I do think some of the people that work there are really great and they obviously do deserve better than this company. But based off the company just not living up to its mission and its standards and being shady and just getting into all sorts of ethical and legal troubles, I truly wish for this company to shut down. I know that sounds terrible to say, but I'm not sorry about it. So that's some tea on that. And then one final thing before we dive into our topic for today. I am starting to become a little bit more experimental with reels and TikToks on Instagram. Just because I really enjoy those aesthetic lifestyle vlogs. And it's so easy to make them now. Especially with me having more free time to like roam around and explore. I feel like I can make some really fun videos regarding like my life in Portland or things that I explore and informing my audience of different ways to explore and navigate life in Portland or just showcasing how I live my life in Portland and I've been having a lot of fun. I probably am not going to make these videos every day but I'm going to try to film as much content as I can to make some videos and hopefully that it inspires and makes people happy. So that's something that I've been doing recently and I've been having a lot of fun with that. All right, so now let's kind of get into the topic of today's video. So uh, two weeks ago, I talked about how a listener requested me to do a topic about how I've changed my mind on certain things unapologetically and they had talked about um, some experiences that they've changed their minds about and I thought that would be a really good podcast topic to talk about 
And guys, if you ever have topics that you want me to discuss on a solo episode, I highly encourage you to reach out to me and let me know what it is. I'm always open to new ideas. So please don't ever be afraid to reach out to me, whether it's on Instagram, if it's my personal Instagram, if it's my podcast Instagram, if it's the podcast email, feel free to do that. I'm always open to suggestions because... I do this podcast for my listeners, not for myself. So I want to make sure that people obviously are getting value on certain things. I made a top 10 list of things that I've changed my mind on. And before I get into that list, I want to say it's very normal for you to change your mind on things. You are not a hypocrite if you feel like you've changed your mind on something. When I did my whole episode about aesthetics and how your aesthetics can change over time or evolve and that it's okay to no longer be interested in how something looks, that's normal. And I want people to understand that change is normal and it's something that we shouldn't be afraid about. And it's something that we should embrace and learn how to adapt. I think adaptability is a great quality to have. And I feel like people who aren't able to adapt are the ones who are not going to be as successful or happier in their life because they're so stuck in their ways. And I do believe in branching out and opening your mind, listening to new perspective, gaining new knowledge on something, exploring new things or experiencing something new to where maybe you develop a new hobby or passion. Change is a good thing. And I want people to be reminded of that. And I also think like change can really help us grow as a person. And I think a lot of us can forget that. So this is my top 10 list of things that I've changed my mind about. So one of the first things and I'm saying this as number one just because it is a really big trending topic right now and not necessarily in the right way. So this is about being pro-life, I mean, with regarding Roe v. Wade and how abortion may become illegal in this country and that there is this whole war against women or people who have a uterus, I should say, and whether or not they should not be allowed to get an abortion. It's very disturbing and terrifying. So once upon a time when I was in high school, I used to be pro-life. I used to have a little bit of some conservative ideology in me and I thought that abortion was terrible, that it was murder, and that anyone who gets abortion regrets it. And I just had all these like misinformed opinions and I was just very ignorant and was very set in my ways because I love people and I didn't want to see people dying or getting killed. And so I felt like I was living up to my truth there. Now, I still don't want people getting killed. I've had a different outlook on life. Now, I'd certainly say that I am pro-choice because other arguments and facts were presented to me that I had never really thought of, you know, with instances regarding like rape or incest, it just really, you know, helps me look at the bigger picture and also knowing that it's not okay to control someone's body and their decisions. And I realized, okay, you know what, that's a little fucked up to force somebody to give birth. So I will still say, now, I don't think I could have an abortion for myself personally because I am somebody who do one's kids. So 
I guess you could say I'm pro-life for myself, but that's my choice. I support people who make a choice, who know what's going to be best for them in the long run. And I don't believe in governing someone's body and having control over that. That will never sit right with me. And that was just a side of it that I never really saw when I was a teenager. And so when that side was presented to me, it really opened up my eyes and I realized, okay, you know what? That is pretty fucked up. So I'm glad to say that I am proudly pro-choice. I'm not pro-abortion. I am for someone to make a decision. I still think abortion is a crappy situation that I don't wish on anyone to go through. But at the same time, I understand why people have to make that decision. And I understand that it is a really hard decision. And that's fine. You know, it's your life. And it's also none of my business nor anybody else's. So that's one of the first things that I have changed my mind about. The second thing that I've changed my mind about is that this is something that I've talked about before on social media, both YouTube and my podcast, but related to YouTube. I went into my YouTube channel knowing that I wanted to be a beauty influencer. I wanted to be like the next Laura Lee or Nikki Tutorials. L-O-L to that. I sucked ass being a beauty YouTuber. My videos were terrible quality. And I felt like being obsessed with makeup was a huge phase that I was going through. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely still very much love makeup. I still own a ton of beauty products and I still love experimenting and playing with color, but I knew that I was not going to have a good YouTube channel if I was going to be a cruelty-free beauty guru. So that is when I knew that I had to make a change and talk more about what it was like to have a lifestyle with city living when I was in San Francisco. Now I'm in Portland. And the fact that I wanted to take advantage of me being single because I felt like there was a gap within content like that regarding a single person living in a big city, navigating their life, talking about things to do, educating people, being informative but entertaining as well. And that's how I view myself in my videos. I like to say that I'm informative and entertaining. That's the kind of content that you can expect on my channel. Some videos when I am more, uh, if I'm talking more about Portland, they're going to be a little bit more informative than entertaining. And then when I do those sit down videos, talking more about my life experiences, those are going to be more entertaining, but maybe less informative, depending on what it is. Like if it's more about like me sharing advice, it can be informative. But if it's me talking about a story, it's probably going to be more entertaining. And that's how people are going to gain value because I've amused them in some way. Right. So that was a big change that I had to go through. And it was hard to let go of that beauty content. I really wanted to do it, but I realized like it was not going to be feasible for me and I was not going to find success. And I had to say, okay, Alana, you know, what? it's fine. You're going to be fine. This is the right decision for you. This is a big one. So this is number three. This is something that I have thought about over the past, I want to say like year and a half or so. And for the longest time, because I do want to get married one day, I was always excited about 
saying goodbye to my last name and changing it when I get married. Now, I have made the decision that I want to keep my last name. I feel like my last name is part of my identity. I mean, my degree has my last name on it. Just all the paperwork has my last name on it. And just changing your name is such a draining and exhausting process. And I honestly just don't want to overcomplicate my life any more than what I have to do now. I'm proud to be a Pinsky. And I know there's a dark history behind my last name because my grandfather, who I've never met, by the way, apparently is a terrible human being and was very abusive towards my dad and my two uncles. But... I mean, Pinsky is my identity, and I try not to look at it where that name is held to a man who was a terrible person and a terrible father to his three sons. It just simply is not how I look at it, but I know my sister thinks differently. She can't wait to change her last name, and that's fine. That's her choice, but I want to keep my last name, and I hope my partner will be able to respect that choice. And plus, I just feel like a lot of dudes' last names suck. (laughs) That's just my opinion right there. I mean, I definitely pictured my first name with some guy who I've gone out with and been like, Alana so-and-so. And I'm like, no, that sounds fucking terrible. I don't want my last name to be that. God, no. Like, if a guy's first name starts with MC, like, if he's mixed something, it's a hard no. I'm not going to be Alana mixed something. I just absolutely not. I just hate a lot of the last names men have. So therefore, I don't want to take their last names. I know that sounds really petty, but again, it's my identity. It's my name and I'm allowed to keep it the way that it is. Number four. I remember when I was in college, I used to love the South, embrace the South. When I was looking for When I was looking at grad programs, I only wanted to stay at Southern schools. And LOL. After living in Kentucky for two years, I realized, you know what? Fuck this out. This doesn't have what I want in a life for me to have a good quality of living. So that's when I made the choice to move to the West Coast. And I realized living in a city where I'm not depending on a car, where I'm not in a landlocked state. Now, not every southern state is landlocked, mind you, but a city is going to have more to do than like a town or a suburban city. And I just knew that that was not going to be substantial for me. It was not going to make me happy in the long term. So that's when I realized, okay, I need to be in a city and the West Coast was going to be the best way for me to live that happy life of mine. So I'm really glad that that I've changed my mind that the South is just absolutely not for me and that the West Coast is the best coast in my opinion. Number five, why startups are worth it. (laughs) After just working at four startups, I can tell you from my experience that startups suck. Now, of course, that's just my opinion. If you like working at a startup, please don't listen to me. Obviously, like this is my opinion and I've had different experiences working at startups. But 
You're going to be paid less. People are going to be very uptight. You're probably not going to be able to have good work-life balance. And your job is definitely going to be at a risk for sure because a startup can fail at any time. And I just feel like the people who work at startups take things way too seriously than what they need to be. Like I just feel like people really just don't act like themselves or they just act like robots. Now that again that's just my experience. If it's not like that at your startup that's great. But for me I just couldn't handle the pressures and the unrealistic expectations that startups have especially when they're rapidly growing or using language like disrupt and doing this and that and just using all this boring jargon and just making people feel like it's an amazing place to be when really their company ain't shit. So now I will absolutely never work at a startup ever again unless if it's very well established and it's on its way to going public and they're able to slow things down a little bit that for me is going to be worth it in the long run and I am very confident in that decision and that is something that I realized this year it's like absolutely no more startups that are nowhere close to IPOing or moving on to bigger and better things. I just, I can't do it anymore. It's not good for my mental health. And I just know that I deserve better. Number six. <laughs> when I was in grad school and college, I used to think MLMs were the coolest thing in the world. I thought the products were so awesome. And it wasn't until grad school when I got sucked into do Beachbody and me thinking that this was gonna be a fantastic way to earn money when turns out, it's a terrible way to make money and the products ain't shit. I didn't become anti-MLM until 2018 and for the longest time, even after I left my MLM in 2016, it just still was something that like I believed in, like the products and the company, but the opportunity was something that I didn't want. Now I don't believe in the company or the products anymore and it took me a really long time to get there. I think MLMs are a waste of time. I think the products are terrible in my opinion, um, at least the ones that I've used. And I think it's full of a lot of toxic positivity and just toxic people in general. And it is absolutely something that I will definitely encourage people to not take part of. So don't join an MLM. There are so many other ways that you can make passive income online and an MLM is just not one of them. So number seven, this one is fucking hilarious and I don't know what the hell my brain was thinking. But I used to think that dating apps were terrible and I refused and then I changed my mind to think that dating apps were great. And only for me to discover that I was right the first time and that dating apps are actually terrible and they're a very discouraging way to think you're going to find love on there. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of success stories from dating apps where people have met their spouse or their current significant other. And that's great. And I'm happy for them. But the majority of people on dating apps, especially men, lack effort and quality. And they're kind of there for reasons that are going to be different than yours. Let's just say that. 
And I know that I want to be with a person who is serious about finding love. They know what they want in life. And I feel like a lot of men on dating apps do not know what they want from their lives. They aren't looking for anything serious. And while there's nothing wrong with looking for something serious, if you are somebody who is looking for something serious, I just personally don't recommend dating apps just because it's just a great way to get your heart broken or to just get discouraged and find yourself in this vicious cycle of swiping left and right only for nothing to work out in the end. I just... I don't have time for it anymore. And I've deleted my dating apps. I deleted them at the end of 2021. And like I said, from other videos and podcast episodes, I will find other ways to meet people and I will challenge myself to really get out there this summer and find ways to meet people out in the real world and offline. Part of me also doesn't want to put too much effort into dating right now. I'm actually really enjoying not dating at the moment. It feels like a breath of fresh air. And just sometimes spending my time with a man can be really exhausting. And that's funny coming from someone who's pretty extroverted. But at the same time, I'm really enjoying just doing my own thing and not worrying about what another person's schedule is like and having to match up those schedules just to spend time with somebody. It's really tiring. So I'm just not prioritizing dating right now. And it feels amazing. It really does. And I truly feel a lot happier than I ever did when I was putting effort into dating and swiping on dating apps and wondering when my next date was going to be with somebody. Now I don't have to think about that. And it feels really good. Oh my gosh. Number eight. This is a big one. I thought that San Francisco was going to be my forever home. And here I am in Portland, Oregon. Now, there could be a chance that I do go back to San Francisco one day. But right now, it is just not financially possible for me at the moment. I absolutely love San Francisco. And I miss it all the time. I truly do. But... I'm really happy that I moved to Portland. I feel like my quality of life went up significantly since I moved to Portland. I feel like I've been thriving a little bit more since I moved to Portland. And I have made friends here, which is really great because that can be really hard to start over in a new city where you don't really know anyone. And I have found ways to make friends within the past year and a half or a little less than a year and a half of living here. So for that, I'm very grateful for that change. Number nine. This one is hilarious. Um, So I used to think for the longest time that I had to love myself first before finding love after my ex and I broke up. That is bullshit. I don't know why I used to think that. I think it's just because that's what society had told me, especially on women. And when I had this conversation with Shaney, when she was on my podcast and that episode actually went out last week, I said, you know, I can guarantee you that the people who got into relationships, because those are usually the ones who say it, the ones who are partnered, they probably didn't love themselves or were working on themselves when they found that person. There's just so much hypocrisy there. So I do think you need to be in a good place to date. 
but if you don't love yourself but you're working on yourself to try to better yourself you are deserving of love that's all i can say about that and then finally number 10 ever since like the middle of college I wanted to change career paths. I used to want to be a veterinarian and I knew that was not going to work out for me due to grades. And then I found a new passion where I wanted to become a therapist. And that is where I felt more confident and realizing like, okay, this is the right field for me. This is the change that I need in my life. I'm going to become a licensed marriage family therapist. That is my dream job. And I applied to grad school programs for MFT programs, didn't get into any, but I still got into grad school. And after wasting my life two years at that program, I realized, you know what? I'm glad I didn't get into this program. I'm glad I didn't settle to be a therapist. Now, I think therapy is so important and I will always see a therapist when I need it, but to be an actual therapist, You know, you guys have such a hard-ass job. I just can't imagine how mentally draining and exhausting it is after you get done with a day of all these clients and caseloads that you have. Now I'm a technical recruiter. And one day I hope to no longer be a technical recruiter and I can be a full-time content creator, but right now I'm not there. And that's okay, but I just totally realized, like, being a content creator makes me very happy And I'm sort of treating myself like a full-time content creator who barely makes money right now. And even though I'm barely making money at the moment, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. And I know once I make money with this, I'm going to be even happier because it's something that I can thrive off of without having to rely on somebody else to employ you and worry or not whether you're going to get fired or laid off at an unexpected time. So... Those are the 10 things that I've changed my mind on. And I don't regret changing my mind on all of this stuff. To me, I think change is very important. It's okay to listen to your gut instinct and realize when something is no longer serving you. And that is the message that I hope you guys can take away from this episode is to let go of things that do not serve you anymore, that have no purpose in your life or They don't align with what you believe in. Let that shit go. And you're going to feel a lot happier and have more power in your life. That is how I will leave with today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you have an unapologetic experience you'd like to share with me, or maybe there's something that you've changed your mind about, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on instagram at shamelessly unapologetic and with that i hope you have a wonderful week ahead and i will see you next week with a brand new episode bye